That's what this place was built on. That's what our community is founded on. Don't act like the example. Just be the example. This is the home of the greatest fitness community in the world. We're trying to create strong, able bodies, resilient to injury with a gas tank to get shit done. If there's one thing from this podcast, it's about taking media action. Find the problem, fix the problem. This is your opportunity. It's either a hell yes or a fuck no. It's that simple. <laughs> now is the time to take action. Now's the time to do more and be more. I'm, I'm dad of the year over here and you went oh. through this i never when you say this i never know it should be off the air or not <laughs> every time i go to clean stuff here because i like organization and i go to throw away a toy that these dudes have not touched in five years it's like i'm throwing away their most sacred possessions <laughs> that is a hundred percent Yes, so I know like, exactly like, what you oh, mean. No, I was about to play with that. I'm like, you haven't played with that since 2014. Yeah, it would be like a half a figure with like a leg broken off and they're still looking for it, you know? Yeah, so today they uh, went to Taekwondo camp. Six garbage bags full of toys. Oh. The whole back end of my truck. And like, I wonder if they'll actually notice this time. Because they usually don't. Do you know what I mean? Like they usually just like, they haven't I thought about it in five years. You're not going to notice. But I wonder if today they're actually going to come home. So I'm looking around the place. It looks different. They might be salty over this one. Oh, yeah, man. Today, I, I was uh, I just messaged a girl that works with me, asked her if she wanted this little picnic table we have in the backyard. Kids haven't sat on this thing for two years. I come out today, right after I sent the message, there they are playing and eating their breakfast on. I'm like, God damn it. It's always, it's always <laughs> like that. You're right. They're going to be upset tonight. And I got to go empty this. The minute we're done this podcast, I got to go empty the flatbed of the truck. Because if they see this, there will be tears, emotional scarring. You're throwing away all my things. I'm like, oh my God. You Isn't guys. it wild how they remember every little like like piece of like those things oh, in a million yeah. pieces? And they're like, where's that? And you're like, you know you threw it away. You're like, I don't know. Yeah, that's exactly what we I haven't seen that. I don't know. Go, go, go ask your mother. <laughs> what we're gonna get. So yeah, that, that's what I'm doing. Father's Day, I told them, listen, it's my weekend. I don't want anything. I don't want a stupid tie. I don't want a golf ball. I don't want some stuff I'm not going to use. I just want to like have some peace around my house. So. Have some peace. <laughs> so on that note, if you guys didn't recognize this voice, this is my good buddy, Bobby Maximus, uh, probably the biggest supporter of me and the encourager to, uh, you know, to leave the police service and, and open this gym, the garage gym. And uh, Bobby and I met like years back at police college. And he just got, he's, well, it's still airing right now, but just got, got done shooting the season of Tough, the UFC fighter, season 30, if I'm correct. Season 30, yep. And uh, yeah, and he's a dad, he's an author, he's the owner of, uh, you know, bobbymaximus.com, where you can get all kinds of things. So we'll talk about all that stuff. We want to talk about Father's Day. And you know what is, I think this podcast is a great reason for you and I to catch up. I love doing this. How yeah, man, me too. I'm, I'm really good. Like I've been... Uh... The whole experience of the Ultimate Fighter 30 really caused me to reevaluate my life. And so I have been uh, just uh, in, in enjoying the fruits of that, uh, I guess, shift in uh, mental attitude. 
Yeah, to, to me, that's the wildest. Like you called me when you said you were trying, you were trying to get on there. And I was like, oh my God, I think you could do it. And then when you called and you said, I'm on, I'm on. If I shut my phone off for six weeks, you know I made it. And uh, and there you were, man. That's crazy because you were on season two, right? Season two. At how old? Uh man, I I think I was 25. Oh my god. That was that was that was back in like the early 2000s. Yeah, like just and before we met. Yeah, you know, I mean. So, uh, I mean, that was, uh, it was when I was a cop, I, I had to quit Peel Regional Police because they would not support me at all. They were like, nope, you're not allowed to do anything else. And, and oddly enough, then I got a job with Toronto, which was like super supportive. They like, it's not even like they didn't care. Toronto actually went out of their way to make it easier for me to fight. And, you know, what a difference in two police services. You know what I mean? And I'm sure you've experienced that as well. You can have one boss that's super supportive and another one that's not at all. Um, but yeah, that was way back in the day. And to think here I am doing this years later. Like, and I'll, I'll tell you, man, I couldn't talk about this on the show because it would have made me look bad. But dude, I am way too old to be fucking fighting with 25-year-olds. Jesus Christ. <laughs> we'll get into that. Like, I, I mean, I, I watched your fight, man. I don't know a great deal about fighting. But uh, you, you've held your own, man. Like, that. For, I was going crazy in my living room. We ordered pizza, everything, the kids, me and Danny. It. And uh, we wish we could have come up to Salt Lake City for the Traeger party. That looked amazing, but we were, I was going crazy. Like, man, you had him down to the ground right away. You did that, uh, you take down and then yeah. man, he's a, he's a freaking monster though. That guy, he was huge. Yeah. I mean, I joke, I say I'm too old. I can clearly still compete. And, and when you look at that fight, I mean, I was in control for the first two and a half minutes. Uh, if you go back and watch it, he catches me with an elbow, like right across here. We're against the cake. And then it looks like my legs come out from under me and then it looks like I'm just done. Like I don't even know where I am. And that's hundred percent true because I didn't remember any of that. Almost None like of a it brachial there. Hey, like the pretty much. Type thing. Yep. He, uh, so I was, I, I didn't have his arm pinned down. He came across with an elbow and it just went back of the ear across the brachial. And I was pretty much out of my feet, but I attribute that a little bit to rust Tony because I've been grappling, but I haven't been fighting. And right. so I was just too loose with where I allowed his arms to be. Um, but that's what happens when you fight after 12 years of not fighting. Like, you know, I, I've been full on in retirement. And so I think I can still compete. I think I can still fight. And I'm looking forward to still fighting. Yeah. And you got the wrestling background, and but you've been doing jujitsu forever now, right? Like since you left like fighting, you've yeah. done jujitsu as what, a yeah. pastime more or less, right? Oh, for sure. And and so none of that's my issue. My issue is just rust. Yeah. It's just really hard. Like imagine, here's actually an analogy for you. And this is like true to, to where you're from in the country. Imagine you took Steve Eiserman and just dropped him back on the Detroit Red Wings tomorrow. How he would do, like he'd be a mess. Yeah, that's for sure. Do you know what I mean? Like Steve Eiserman's from my age group and demographic so it's like it's pretty crazy to think i did that yeah bobby's my age guys just so you know we're the exact same age almost the same birthday like within a month of each other but uh man so why like why did you want to do that like where did that come from and first of all one actually one more thing because i want to bring this before i forget me and dan goodman had a phone call the other day remember dan from varsity yeah. and both of us said like that interview you gave like at the start of that thing was awesome. Like it had me pumped about like, you know, for the dads and like, you know, the, the old guys in the room that were, you know, were still around. That was, I thought that was great. So what kind so of like made you do this? I'll tell you. And here's what it comes down to apart from winning, apart from losing, because 
people have the saying in life that failure is not an option. Tony, failure is 100% an option. In fact, it's the most likely option in anything you will ever do. Like for every winner, there's a loser. For every Amazon, there's 50,000 businesses that you've never heard of that shut down and people went bankrupt. And so that's the reality that we all face. And we're scared of failure. And we're scared of being laughed at. And we're scared of having to kind of tuck our tail and scared of having to go back and, and, and scared of what our family's going to think and all these things. And I retired in 2009 from fighting uh, to be a better dad. I didn't think I could fight and be a dad. And I've talked to you over the years. You've probably heard me say multiple times, like, I think I can fight again. Or like, I kind of like to do that again. Or people would say, hey, man, are you retired for good? And it's like, I don't know, maybe one more time. There was always this little voice in the back of my head that kept saying like, you can still do this. And it actually got to the point where I couldn't watch fighting anymore. Really? I wouldn't watch UFC cards. I wouldn't pay attention to it. Uh, when you'd talk to me about the girl that trained at your gym, like, fuck, I don't want to hear about this because like, I kind of want to fight. Like it actually got like hard for me. And I feel that's many of us middle-aged men out there. Like there's a, you actually just went through this quitting the police service and starting your gym. But like, there's a bunch of us that are unfulfilled in a job we hate, unhappy, sitting in bumper to bumper traffic, not living our dream. And there's some calling that we're like, that we're ignoring. There's something that we want to do. There's something that like something bigger. And I'm always like, what did I tell you when you wanted to open a gym? I'm like, fuck the police service, get out, like quit, go do your thing, follow your dream. Like I was probably the biggest supporter vocally to you in that. Yeah, absolutely. I'm kind of, I'm kind of a hypocrite because here I am listening to that little voice, not going to follow my dream. So eventually I was just like, I'm gonna go do this. And one of two things is going to happen. Either I'm going to win this thing and it's going to be awesome. Or two, I'm not going to win, but at least then I'll find peace because I tried and I went and did the thing. Yeah, you kind of had unfinished business, right? Because like you had landed yeah. when you were young. And, and I think, I mean, that's the honorable thing to do is be a father and you're a great one. That's part of the reason why I wanted to get you on here today. But yeah, like, I guess it, it's, it's nice to like kind of quench that thirst and that you're right about the, the chance for failure. There's a chance you wouldn't even make it on the show, let alone get on the show and get the opportunity yeah. to fight, right? That's pretty raw. And I performed well. And yeah. I know now I could have fought when I was 33. I could have fought when I was 35. I could have done it at 36. And like I said, win, lose, or draw, I went and did the thing. And so for me, it's kind of, I did it for myself, but it's also a message of inspiration for men out there. Like if you're in a job you don't like or in a marriage you don't like, you're unhappy, you had a dream once that you let die, like at 43, 44, 45, 48, 52, you're never too old to like kind of turn it around and go after what you want to go after. Hey man, you're proof because you've, I mean, you left Peel, you left yep. Toronto, you went to Salt Lake City working for a, a bigger gym left them you bet on yourself and now back onto the ufc and everything you know what it, it's not immediate every time you uh you switch lanes but it's it's within you know you stick to it consistency and you keep uh working that out so you end up with a win at the end of the day are you are you a basketball fan yeah man i watched that game last night i saw your little video yeah, yeah, yeah. You just put so, up. 
so so just just as an example of that uh and i'm actually going to google this because i want to pull up when he was drafted uh andrew wiggins uh he's a canadian guy so yeah Brampton. he was drafted like- in 2014 the number one overall pick yeah, they and were toting him like LeBron back in those days, right? From Mississauga yeah, or Scarborough or something. LeBron, and he was supposed to be good. And then he went to Minnesota. And I mean, the guy just hasn't lived up to whatever career people thought he should have. And you could make an argument, he's the reason the Warriors won this year. Like Absolutely. he balled out in these Absolutely. playoffs. And it's funny because if he would have listened to all the negative noise, he sucks, he didn't live up to his potential, he doesn't score enough. The guy's a tremendous NBA player. And now you're seeing eight years later after being in the league, he's damn good. You're damn right he's a number one pick. And he persevered. And it wasn't his fault. The fault was the fact that he went to two, frankly, bad, poorly run organizations. Cleveland and Minnesota are where careers go to die. That's just a fact. They're terrible organizations. Now, People say Cleveland won a title. They were lucky enough to draft LeBron. Like any city could win a title with LeBron. But Andrew Wiggins went to a couple of bad organizations. He kept persevering. And now look at him. He's really highly regarded. And it's kind of come full circle. And that's what happens when you leave places. You know, and there's, like I said, there's a lot of men out there that can learn from that. Keep trying. Leave your old team. Go to a new team. And then eventually you will get what you deserve if you work hard enough. Yeah. And that's another part too, is like, it's, it's also like joining another team. Like Steph Curry was like a huge part of, I'm mean, obviously yep. Steph's crazy talented watching him play, but I'm talking about, you could tell the way, the way that they supported him and to yeah. make the most out of Wiggins. Right. So getting around people who are going to like carry you up is obviously, obviously yeah. important. And, and by the way, the Warriors is a tremendous organization. And so like, sometimes you have to quit and you have to move on. Like if you're, if you're listening to this at home and you're wondering why your career is not where you wanted it to be, or you're not fulfilled, maybe it's the people who you're around. Maybe it's your employer. Maybe it's like your workplace. Maybe that's what's dragging you down from achieving your full potential. Yeah, for sure. So when you went on that, Tough. I didn't ask you this before. Did you know who your coach was going to be ahead of time? Like, I know they drafted you guys there, but do you know the two coaches at all? Or did they tell you that ahead? Or just uh, once you found out you're on the show? It was released, I want to say, a week before we got on the show. Like, that went public. So, like, obviously, everybody knew. Cool. Yeah, that Pena. But I was in Nunez. We had Nunez in our corner a bunch when I was traveling with Randa. So, okay. I got to be around her. Man, she'd kill me. But... Uh, Kenya, she seemed like such a nice person, man. Like she was a perfect, I think a perfect coach for you. Like you guys really seem to like hit it off with your personalities. Like she's, she just doesn't sound like an angry fighter, you know, where Nunez oh, kind of sees a little bit more in your face. You know, I like her a lot. Uh, and, and one of the reasons I like and respect her um, is because she was there to help us. Like she genuinely wanted to get back to the sport. Um, and so uh, she really took her coaching seriously. She brought in a world-class coaching staff. Uh, they were really giving to us. Uh, she's continued to be giving after the show. So nothing but love and respect for that woman. That's awesome. And three ex-cops on the show, right? Three or two? Well, me and Zach. Zach yeah. was an ex Yeah, that's pretty sweet. I was like, yeah, good for these guys. They're both on the same too. Like, we're like buddies. And he's, he's, he's the same guy we are. In yeah. fact, he, he's not. He's about 10 times more disgruntled, which is funny. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> so, what was honestly? I would have thought the biggest challenge for me at 43 years old, obviously, the if say I was a, I had the tighting the fighting talent, would have been to be in a household full of all like these young people. Like you know, like I don't know, we've become like finicky in our ways as you get older. You know, you like it, used to- it was hard. Like when I said I got a whole new perspective in that house, like I wasn't with my kids, I wasn't with my wife, I didn't have my things. You know what I actually realized in the house? How obsessive compulsive that I am. Like the worst part of it was like, I like things in my drawer, my cupboard. I eat the same things every morning. I like to put shit in the same place. Like I would have denied like crazy before going and experience that I have a problem, but dude, I am like a rigid old man. You know I, I, I was thinking of you. I'm like, oh man, I wonder if he has all 75 of his shaker cups that he usually has. And like God, every yeah. morning you get up and you do the dishwasher like the same way while you're talking to me. I was going insane. <laughs> that was so awesome. So fatherhood, man, like Father's Day is coming up. And, uh, you know, you I, like I said before, you are a great father and you've had, uh, you've, you know, you got all your boys and you spread them out. That's uh, that's got to be a challenge in itself. They're all getting so big. It's crazy to see Beans with the last couple oh, of pictures you posted, man. He's like a man. Yeah, he is like a little man. Yeah, so like, I mean, you lost your father when, when he was young and you were still younger. And that, that must even drive you more to like make some of the decisions you had to make to uh, to leave the UFC and do that, right? Yeah, I mean, that's part of it. And, and I'm going to be morbid here, but it's just a fact. I could die tomorrow. Right. You could die tomorrow. And, and so I'm, I'm cognizant of that for two reasons. I lost my dad when I was 20. But the other thing is being a cop. How many sudden deaths did you go to as a cop? Like it happens all the time. And it's not always a dude that got murdered. It's like a dude that slipped and fell in the driveway and he dies. Or a dude that just didn't wake up or a dude that was changing a light bulb and fell off a ladder or a dude that got let, was electrocuted. Like yeah. people are fragile. People die way more than you think they do. And every day, I want to say in Toronto as a cop, I went to a sudden death call, Tony. Like it was just part of the deal. And so you start to realize that you might have one day left. You might have a week left. You might have a month left. Like who knows? So I want to make the most of it. So with my boys, I always try to be as present as I can. I try to be as good of a dad as I can. And I say try because like, I don't know if I'm doing the right shit, Tony. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I know one exactly day I feel like I'm too soft on them. The next day I'm too hard on them. One day I'm too patient. The next day I lose my temper. Like, I don't know how I'm doing. I just try to be the best dad as I can, I, that, that I can and take it a day at a time. Yeah, it's, it's true, man. I, the other day I was, I was playing baseball with my kids in the backyard and I could see my little guy I was starting to well up. I was trying to help him with his uh, swing. And I don't know if I was being too mean or too hard. I, yeah, obviously, I was being too hard if that's the way you felt. But then you're like, you have that moment where you're like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. Like, that's not my intent here at all. You got to, like, switch it around. It's a, it's a fine line between, you know, trying to harden them up for the real world and, you know, get results out of them, I guess, in a way, or, and trying to be, like, soft and kind. It's, it's such a – with the father especially, I find it's such a fine line because they know they're going to get that softness from their mom, right? Yeah, I know, you, I know you, you and Lisa, that's the same way. You would have laughed yes. Don't answer so. that. <laughs> no, no, no. You'll, you'll, you'll laugh about this. So yesterday, um, I'm teaching Taekwondo and it's summer camp and Will asked me to come in and do some stuff with the kids. So I'm there teaching and me and Beans, we've gotten to be really good friends. He's 13 years old and he's at the age where we're like buddies. We talk shit. We watch games together. 
we actually hang out. You know, he's a, he's a pretty mature kid in ways. And so like, sometimes I forget he's my kid and he looks up to me. So in the middle of this practice, I'm telling him his condition is trash, that I'm going to slap his little bug eyes into the back of his head. I'm cussing him out. I'm yelling at him and like just pushing him. Now, keep in mind, Beans has also told me he wants to fight the Ultimate Fighting Championship. He wants to take over the family business. He's got all these aspirations. So, man, I am riding him hard. So, like, Lisa sees some of this, and she pulls me aside, and she's like, do you realize how hard you are on that kid? And I'm like, no. And so she starts repeating some of the stuff I said to him, and I'm like, oh, God. Maybe I was a little hard. There was a point, Tony, I made him do a five-minute burpee box over test. And he was getting 20 a minute, which is like intense. He's moving. And I'm screaming at him. You're garbage. I don't even know if you're my son. I bet mom had an affair with the mailman. And I'm just like (laughs) yelling at him. And so she reminded me. So last night, I had to kind of go in his room. And I'm like, hey, buddy, how you doing? He goes, good. I go, I want you to know how proud I am as a dad. And like, sometimes when I talk to you, sometimes I'm trash talking, sometimes I'm being funny. Know that I don't mean it. I love you and I'm so proud and I kind of had to be, you know, brought back. And, and that happens. But like, I also don't regret trash talking them because welcome to the real world. Like, you gotta be tough. We can't live in a world where everyone gets a trophy. Because like I said earlier, failure is an option. Like you gotta be pushed. And so trying to strike that balance is hard. But I think if we try and then do what I did last night, go in and sit with them and talk to them, tell them how proud you are. I, 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 think, I think I'm doing a good job. Yeah, I try to do that after I coach them too, especially when they don't perform and I'm being a little bit tougher. It's, it's like going and sitting in with them and saying like, hey, do you understand why we're talking about this thing? You said, what do you want? What do you want to do? I want to be a really good baseball player. I want to make this, this team. I'm like, okay, in order to do this, we need to do this, this, and this. And I think like just kind of making them understand that like, you know, that, that's the tough part. Coaching your kid is, is tough. And then, you know, being a parent is, is tough for sure, man. So what's, uh, are you out of diapers yet? No, no. two-year-old, he's, he's two and a half. You got to be close. He's, like, he's close. He's on the verge. That's a big step, um, man. Yeah. My wife's got a thing. She wants him to walk around naked all day, and kind of like learn to be free. And I'm like, eh. I got podcasts. I got life. I got stuff to do. I don't know if I'm ready for this yet, but he's getting close. He's in pull-ups. So hopefully he'll turn a corner any minute now. That's a big step. You've been in and out of it three times. That's pretty, that's pretty wild in itself, right? Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's pretty wild. I think I'm done. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, he's, he's, he's doing good. So, um, And it's good to have a nice range. Like we got a 13, a 5, and a 2. And so I kind of get the best of all worlds. And it's pretty awesome with a 13-year-old. Like he's a good helper. He's like a babysitter. It's like I have a nanny, Tony. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, he always was though. I feel like, man, when he was like five and six and seven, I was spending a lot more time down in Salt Lake city when, you know, things were, when I didn't have kids, I was down there all the time with you and he never really felt like a little kid to me. He was always like, you know, he's always hanging out with us and he like came everywhere we went. He sat with us at dinner. Like, I think that's why he is so mature. Right. He's like, you know, you guys moved down there and you didn't have anybody but him really like, you know, and, and he obviously, uh, he's, he's, he's a little man, but he's, he's on a, He's living rough right now because you, you'll appreciate this being Canadian. We got in a fight last week because I'm watching the Blue Jays. And I'm like, go change your brother and put him to bed. 
dad, dad, you're supposed to put him to bed. You're his dad. And I'm like, you want to live in my house? I'm living here rent free right now. Go put him to bed. And he goes, what's so important about this game? So I like lost it. I go, dude, the Blue Jays have sucked since 1992. They are good again. We might win a World Series. Vladdy Guerrero Jr. is killing it. I don't have time to put your brother to bed. Handle your business. So he, he changed him, brushed his teeth, got him in his jammies, got him a bottle, put him to bed. And now the fact that I know he's able to do that, oh, man, he's, he's on bed duty every night now. Which I, <laughs> yeah, you should have never showed you showed the hand, right? Yeah, he's capable, and now he's getting it. So, what are you? Uh, what are you up to now? You were just where were you at recently? Were you back at First Form or something? I was back at First Form in St. Louis for a publicity appearance, and then um, now I'm back home. Yeah, and then anything uh, exciting on the like the the horizon? You usually always have yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, we got. To, well, I'm taking my kids to Taekwondo Nationals. Uh, in early July, which is going to be fun, which we've been working hard for. I'm kind of invested in it. Um, it's it's because like a lot of people don't realize this about parents, but you know how many miles I've driven him to practice? Like the, the practices that I've sat through, the stuff that I bought, the tournaments that I've went to, like we do it together and it's fighting. So I love it. And so we've got that coming up. Uh, I've got a, a thing to do with 10,000 uh the finale of the show is in august so i'll, I'll be there uh i'll probably have another ufc fight in the fall Woo! So i gotta start to get in shape for that i guess i'm um, crossing then, the border this time man yes for sure and then uh well if trudeau lets you i don't know what you guys are i'm done with about. this i'm done with this but yeah keep going um but uh um i also got to keep building the brand like, you know, running your own business, it's just constant work, constant effort. If you're not growing, you're dying. So constant promotion and the way I go. Yeah, man. So 10,000, you heard Rob, you hooked us up. This is 10,000 shirt. Hook me up too. And uh, you guys don't use Rob's code. Use mine, Tango 15. Oh. This is my podcast. <laughs> so the best stuff. It is the best stuff though, man. Do you have the tack oh, pants yeah. yet? Oh, they're oh, good. Oh, they're amazing. They're like, I wore them like out hiking and then I went to a winery, you know, it's like, they're, they're amazing. I love these things. I know all the shorts and everything, but man, that's exciting stuff. So with the, uh, and then ladder is in Austin. Like when you go up to do the ladder stuff, it's in Texas, but yeah, first I, form, I always have them confused. Which one is where? Yeah. Ladders in Austin. So there's just, you know, it's like, like if you're going to be an internet personality, you got to constantly just work, travel, do things just part of life. Yeah, and how's the uh, the actual home base gym going? Like Lisa pretty much runs the, the place and you train out of there or do you well, really work there a lot? No, we, I mean, I don't know how to word this. We have a home gym, but we don't. Like a, like a, like a home base gym, but we don't. Um, I decided a while ago that I thought there was more money in the, in the internet world and that it would grant me more freedom because I want to be able to travel and do all these things. And I don't want to be tied to a brick and mortar. And uh, that became real true for me during COVID. Because with all the shutdowns and, and people were scared to come to the gym, like the whole mess around it, um, it kind of kind of cemented that decision for me. So our gym, we have about 20 members. They pay a couple hundred bucks a month. Uh, they all have a key. Uh, and our hours, Tony, wait till you hear this. The Maximus Gym, 
classes are between 8 a.m. and 10 a.m., Monday to Friday. That's amazing. And if you can take advantage, if you want to come in and take advantage of a couple of the best uh, uh, trainers in the world, me and Lisa, you can come in during that time. If not, your workouts get emailed to you every week. We send out like a mass list of workouts. And then it's like an anytime fitness where you have a key. And as long as you're not an asshole, you can flush the toilet and change the toilet paper and turn the heat off and lock up. And you're welcome to work out. Oh, I didn't know you yeah. allowed so, that. That's awesome. Yeah. So that works because our rent's pretty cheap. It, it keeps the lights on. Uh, we're not running it at a loss. I have a photo studio. I have my own gym. I have my own space. If I want to do a seminar, I can. But then the rest of the time I can travel. Because a lot of people don't realize, like, if I travel, Lisa's at home with three kids on her own. Like, do you really want to be in a gym coaching 10 hours a day? Like, that's hard. Right. And so we just made a little bit different of a decision. I got to get Lisa on here, man. She just crushed that. I can't believe she, she's so small. She nailed those lifts. It's wild. Yeah, she, she's strong. Wow. Let me ask you this, too, because Danny and I were laughing about it. Because uh, you've, you've been getting coached by Lisa. How's that been going? Yeah. It's been actually really good, and it's been good for our marriage. Yeah, that's good to hear. It's good to hear. You know, she's I a think, drill sergeant, man. I never heard her teaching me kettlebell swing. She's like screaming at me. But yeah. It's, <laughs> but here's here's the deal, right? Like, I think in a marriage, I think both people stop respecting each other at one point, right? Like if you're a cardiac surgeon, your wife's telling you how to operate on somebody, right? If you're a cop, your wife's telling you how, you know, how to do your job and you do the same thing to her. And so I think it really helps in a marriage. I'm teaching her boxing. It's an area of expertise for me. And like, I get to teach her and she respects me and, and, and I have to respect her and, and it, like we work together and, and she's being vulnerable because she's, you know, allowing me to instruct her, but then we kind of return the favor. And so she's been helping with my deadlift and my squat and like some of my lifting stuff because then I have to learn from her. And it's been a really good way to put respect and vulnerability back into our relationship. That's awesome, man. I'm glad to hear that too. It seems like you guys have been going on more dates. You guys went on your like family trip too. Like you guys have been really been doing a lot of stuff. It's been great to see. We did. It's, uh, it's, it's fun. And I think that's normal. Like how long you and Danny been married? Uh, 10 years, just over 10. Yeah. So you get what it's like, like after six years, Lisa and I, and we're going to be coming up on seven here, but like, it's a lot. And with kids and with life and like, there's always a power struggle in a relationship. I think you constantly have to look for new ways to rekindle the romance, build that respect, get rid of the power struggle. Like, I think that's, it's constant work. Yeah, man, for sure. For sure. So now I want to get a little uh, more, more selfish with myself. I want to ask you some fighting stuff. So I've been like, I told yeah. you, I've been now it's about six months, seven months I've been doing this. Man, like, how do you even pick what, I guess you're different because you had that background, like starting with wrestling, but like now the world, how the fight world's changed. How do I, I'm like every day, it's like it's to comprehend and then to go from kickboxing into to jujitsu and throwing in some, like, we kind of do like a catch wrestling here is what they're, what they're showing us more, man. It is so much like, what do you choose to lean in? Do you try to learn? Like if you were going to fight in September, if that is the case, from here to there, do you just pick your weakness or do you go all in your strength? Like, how do you do that? So the game's changed. MMA is a sport unto itself. It's wild. Like, you could be a great grappler, but it doesn't mean you'll be good at UFC grappling. 
Right. You'd be a great wrestler, but it doesn't mean you're going to be good at UFC wrestling. So you almost have to train MMA specifically because the sport has evolved that much. If that gives you an answer. So you can't really separate stuff out anymore. Like you so don't even- just, do, just do wrestling. Like uh, I think the way to do it is to just train to fight. Right. So you spend most of your time mixing them in. Like, obviously you have like little like yeah. individual, but you spend most of the time blending them in. Yeah. Because just sitting in a boxing ring, doing boxing, that's not going to help you in MMA. Stand up is different. If you have to get worried about getting taken down, if you're wearing different size gloves, if you can grab on, if you can clinch, if you can. So you got to do as much MMA training as possible to compete these days. Yeah. What a difference when it took the boxing gloves off to oh yeah holy fuck and it hurts a lot more too it's a way, it's way different yeah and how long does it take till your legs don't hurt when you get kicked that long ass time. especially <laughs> oh my God. I, wait, honestly i fought train last night i couldn't get out of bed today i was like in bed oh. for so long i slept so long and then i got up and ate so much food i was dying well and here's here's the deal right you can tell me you're as fit as you were when you're 25 but that's a lot like at 25, maybe you look better. Maybe yeah. you can get more. Maybe in like some random measures, you're more fit. But as a 43-year-old versus a 25-year-old, you don't recover the same way. Definitely not. You don't get out of bed the same way. You're not as fast. You're like, it's just a fact of life and I'm dealing with it now. Like I can't do what I could do when I was 25. You know, my back hurt, my knees hurt, my shoulders hurt. I got to pay attention to more recovery. I was talking to my wife about this the other day. Like when I was 25, I could go to the bar, stay up till four in the morning, wake up at six, work out, work out again, crush it. At, man, if I stay up, if I have a little too much fun today, I'm out of commission till like next Wednesday. Like it's terrible, you know? It is true. Cause I was supposed to work out this morning and I was like, you know what? I need 24 hours before I can get back into like, act, like lifting. You know what it's like? You can go in and do some tricep pushdowns and some things that'll make us feel a little bit better. Some stretching, you know, some accessory work, but I mean, I cannot get under that barbell until I feel good yeah, again. You're you know, it's totally you know, right. You know, put me out of commission yesterday. Um, so my wife got it in her head that we needed all the vents in the house. Clean. So she hired these people to vacuum out every like little vent in our house. And the dude forgot to hook up the ventilation for the dryer. So I'm downstairs and the dryer's on and it's like smoky down there. And then there's like, <laughs> what the hell's going on? So I look behind the dryer and of course the sing's off. So I had to like tuck myself in a, and I'm a big dude, like 6'3", 240. I'm trying to tuck myself in a space that a child wouldn't fit in trying to hook this thing up. It was like 25 minutes. Dude, my back and knees today. Like it was hell to try and do that. And I'm like, what happened to me? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And you and I are, aren't exactly gifted with the uh, the, the tools, let's no. say. Oh, <laughs> I remember oh, yeah. you and I breaking that right. light in your house when we moved in and we're trying to fix it before Lisa's here. We, no, neither out of us have a clue. I, uh, I'm going to say this on the podcast. This is the first time I've, 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 I've said the story on a podcast, but uh, I have a lifetime get out of jail free car, card with wrecking stuff at the house. So <laughs> the Lisa was a satellite on our house that was there when we moved in. And you can see it from like one part of our backyard. 
and you can see it from space. Like if you were on a, like a Google satellite or you had a drone, <laughs> right? So she's like, I want to take the satellite down. And I'm like, I don't know if you should do that. She's like, well, why not? I'm like, well, I don't know what it's hooked up to. Like, I just wouldn't, I would get a handy band to do it. Like, I have no idea. And she goes, what? You don't think I know how to do it because I'm a woman? And I'm like, all right, go take it down, I guess. So she gets on the roof, takes satellite down. She's got tools and everything. She does it. Anyway, there's a bunch of wires on the roof. And she's like, I don't like these wires on the roof. And I'm like, what, what's wrong with it? <laughs> she's like, it's not feng shui out here. And I'm like, what are you going to do with them? She's like, I want to cut them all. I'm like, I don't know if you should be cutting wires. <laughs> she goes again. She goes, what, and you're an expert? I go, no. She goes, get me wire cutters. So I just, I just went and got her the wire cutters. Okay, so she cut all the wires. Then there's a box on the side of the house. She goes, this needs to go to. She's just on like an OCD territory of like fixing everything. And the box says Comcast cable. She goes, this needs to go. And I'm like, I think that's the master cable box to the house. She goes, no, it has to do with the satellite. And I'm like, I don't think Comcast sells satellites. Are you sure? She goes, oh, you're a funny guy. You know everything because you're a man, huh? And I'm like, no, I just think, she goes, and have you ever worked for a satellite repair company? I'm like, nope. She goes, I'm taking it down. She rips the whole thing down. So we got no wires. We got no Comcast box. We got no satellite. She gets off the roof. She's like, see, I've asked you to do this for five years and you couldn't handle it. I'm a bomb boss. And she starts like, Give me all the stuff. You know what I mean? So we go inside the house. Half hour later, she goes, and I quote, what's with our fucking internet? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> she goes, why does the internet work? Okay. Like, no idea. She goes, why don't the TVs work? I don't know. <laughs> so anyway, turns out she got the master cable to the house. We did need those wires, Tony. <laughs> oh, my 13 year old comes home. He tries to log on. He goes in front of her. He goes, Dad, the internet doesn't work. What's wrong with that? I go, You better ask your mother about that because I, I have no idea. I go, But in other news, our roof is feng shui. <laughs> satellite, it looks awesome. And so he's like, Ask me, he's like, Dad, did you cut all the wires up there? I'm like, yeah. He goes, how did she know there were wires up there? Like, you can't. Anyway, we had to get the cable guy to come out the next day, reinstall the cable from the street, put a new box up, like do all the things. And so now, and it was, it was going to cost a tremendous amount of money because now you're getting like a full new thing. But he was a huge Ultimate Fighter fan, so he gave it to us for free. Nice, like, very nice. I am Tony Lifetime now. I think I can break so much stuff around the house and break lights and do so much damage here and I will not be in trouble. I am happy. And you will. And you will. Oh yeah. And you know, I will. <laughs> and you know, anyways, man, this has been outstanding. Uh, I know you're super busy and I, I appreciate you coming on, man. I just appreciate you having you in my life, actually in my, my family's life. Can't wait to get up and see you soon. Yeah, man. It's been a blast. And I want to say, I love what you're doing. Oh, like, thank you so my much. Money, you have one of the best gyms I've ever been to in my life. Uh, you built a huge community. And the coolest thing about it was 
the amount of people that told you not to do it. Like yeah. you, you had a very good police career. Uh, you're one of the best tactical officers I've, I've, I've ever known. Uh, you're the second best police officer to ever <laughs> go through defensive tactics training with the OPC. Um, I mean, like you're a really, you're a really accomplished uh, police officer and a good one. And it like took a lot of guts to leave that and start a gym. You know what I mean? I appreciate that man so, very much. Pretty damn cool to see you this successful. And uh, it's not like there haven't been challenges. You had the COVID thing thrown at you. And in Canada, that was rough because you guys are living under some type of socialist rule, I guess. Yeah, don't get me started. Um, so, I mean, like you survived that. You're thriving. Uh, you managed to be a great dad, a great husband, a great friend. So, man, I'm grateful for you and I look up to you. So, it's pretty awesome. Right back at you. Thank you so much, Bob. Bobby, I should call you Bobby. I got to stop calling you Rob in public. Yeah, you can call me whatever. If you can't figure it out, like I thought as Rob Maxson's McDonald and Bobby Maxson's like, at this point, it's like Dwayne Johnson and The Rock. If you can't tell the difference, you're the one with the problem. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Anyway, everybody, thank you so much uh, to Murray Insurance for sponsoring this show. Murray Insurance, owned by Kingsville OGs, Karen Ian Murray. They are a one-stop shop for everything you need for insurance. They have a concierge service exclusive to their their clients. Uh, give them a shout at Team Murray Insurance and tell them that Tango One sent you. That's it for today, guys. Over and out. Thank you so much. Now's the time to do more and be more. 